Well, let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to open our minds, our hearts, so that He will make His Word come alive in us. Let's pray. Lord, indeed, as we open Your Word, as part of the worship that we have of You, may You now make our hearts soft before Your Word. May we know that this is God's breathed out word to us. The truths we are hearing are fact. You have brought these things about. May we believe you and so live lives which are victorious Christian lives in the light of your resurrection, Jesus Christ. We give you praise. Open our ears now we hear. We pray so that you will speak to us. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Just as an introduction, I want to read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. This is the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then we're going to look at a variety of verses which speak about this reality. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 10. Listen what happened to you. If you're a believer here, this is what happened to you. If you're an unbeliever here, this is the, where you are. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. And He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. I haven't heard one Amen yet. Anyway, we'll carry on. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Wow. Amazing. An alien came down to Wellington. And he came down to this very circular, funny-looking building at the edge of town. And there were big crowds of people in there shouting. And so he went in there and he sat down next to the crowds. And there were these guys dressed up in different colored teams. And they were running around chasing this little 
ball thing. He thought it was a ball anyway. He didn't understand it, but when the people got up to cheer, he got up and he cheered with them. But he didn't know what it was about. From the ridiculous to reality. Do you know the implication of why Christ arose? Sometimes we worship and say, yes, Christ is risen and he's risen. And I know he's risen. Hallelujah. But do you know why that has an implication for you? In other words, Christ rose from the dead. So what? And I'm saying that in the best intention. You see, why is Christ's resurrection all important to us as Christ followers? Why do we celebrate and why do we worship Christ? Do we know why we're worshiping Him? Are we worshiping Him from the basis of truth? Of what we know about Him from God's Word? Now, I need to make a differentiation here between the word ensure and the word insure. The word ensure means you're going to make sure something happens. The word insure is the happening in itself happens. Right? And the statement I want to make to you today is that Christ is our insurance. He is the very happening itself. He doesn't just make it happen. He is the happening itself. Do you get the difference? Now, based on that, His resurrection ensures our regeneration, our rebirth. Have you ever thought about the, re the resurrection actually being born again? If Christ didn't rise from the dead, you would never have been born again. First, 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says this, We have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There, Peter explicitly combines new birth and the resurrection. You see, when Christ, when Christ Jesus rose from the dead, he had a new quality of life, a resurrection life in a human body, and it was perfectly suited to life with God forever. And in his resurrection, Jesus earned for us a new life just like his. However, the moment you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't receive all of that resurrection life all at once. Now listen to what I'm saying. You don't receive it all at once. Why? Because our bodies remain as they are. Anyone get angel wings when you became born again? No. And so we're still subject to weaknesses, to aging, to death. But in our spirits, the moment we became alive with Christ, He gave us His resurrection power. Our rebirth is connected to His resurrection. The moment we submit ourselves to Christ, we receive His resurrection power. In our spirits, we are made alive with His power. And Christ made that all possible by His own resurrection. Because if He had not been resurrected from the dead, we would have no rebirth. It wouldn't exist. Because He would be powerless. Do you see the connection? And that's why the Apostle Paul could say, 
in Ephesians 2, 5 to 6. God made us alive together with Christ. It's by grace you've been saved. And He raised us up with Him. You see, our rebirth is based on His resurrection. That's the first point, And that's why we praise God for His resurrection. Secondly, His resurrection ensures our justification, our being declared not guilty before God. That's what that word means. Romans 4.25 speaks about that. And here Paul explicitly connects Christ's resurrection with our receiving a declaration from God that we are not guilty but righteous or right before Him. Paul says in that passage, Romans 4.25, that Jesus was put to death for our trespasses and raised for our justification. I'll read it in the New Living Translation. It makes it a little clearer. Jesus was handed over to die because of our sins, and then he was raised to life to make us right with God. You see, his resurrection is connected to our justification. By raising Christ from the dead, God the Father was in effect saying that he approved of Christ's work of suffering and dying for our sins. And that Christ's work was completed now and that Christ no longer had, to, had any need to remain dead. There was no penalty left to pay for sin. There was no more wrath of God to bear. There was no more guilt, no more punishment. All had been completely paid for. And that's why Jesus said when he died, It is finished. It's been done. And God was saying now of Christ, lying in the tomb, I approve of what you've done, and you find favor in my sight. And he rose from the dead. Now, Scripture explicitly says God raised him up. And Scripture also says Christ put his life down and Christ took it up again. So the Trinity, Christ became alive. But it's because God had approved of Christ's work. And therefore, now you're listening, it's like maths. You've got to follow one step to the next. Therefore, because we are one with Christ, God's declaration of approval of Jesus Christ is also His declaration of His approval of us. Did you get it? Amazing. And His resurrection did that. Thirdly, His resurrection ensures our resurrection. You were waiting for that one. 1 Corinthians 6.14. Here's a direct statement from Scripture. You either believe it or you disbelieve it. God raised the Lord and He will also raise us up by His power. Do you believe that? Well, Paul spells that out a bit further because he gives us a picture. In 1 Corinthians 15, 20, Paul uses this metaphor from agriculture to show us that we will be resurrected like Christ. Paul says that Christ is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now, first fruits or the first taste of the ripening fruit shows what the rest of the harvest will be like for that crop. But there's more to it. You see, way back in Deuteronomy 26, verse 1 to 11, Israel was commanded by Almighty God to give the the first portion of their harvest to Him every year. To bring it to the temple. Why? 
as a dedication to God, as a first fruit celebration of God's future provision for them. By bringing him their crop now, they were saying, Lord, you will provide into the future too. But that's not all. They were also thanking God for the land that had been given to them as an inheritance to possess. Deuteronomy 26. And they were also testifying that God's promises to Abraham had been realized. There was a lot tied up with first fruits. And so it was an act of trust in him. Why? Because the rest of the harvest hadn't yet been gathered. They could get about, have a hailstorm the very next day and the harvest would be destroyed. But by bringing God the first of their harvest, the first fruits, they were saying, God, here's the first fruits. We trust you for the rest. Do you see the picture? In the resurrection, he's the first fruits. Christ as the first fruits shows us what our resurrection will be like when in God's final harvest, he raises you and me from the dead if we're believers. And he brings us into his presence. Christ is our dedication offering to God and the guarantee of God's future provision for our resurrection. Praise the Lord for Jesus Christ. Because he rose, I will rise again. I trust Almighty God for that. Well, those are three reasons why the resurrection is worship God. But there's an implication now. We can't just worship God. He also tells us to obey Him. That has to, worship has to lead to a life of obedience, right? So His resurrection motivates our perseverance. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. After a long discussion about resurrection, the Apostle Paul concludes, so he's been talking about resurrection, and now he says, based on that, my dear readers, my dear listeners, he says, therefore, in light of the resurrection, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You see, it was because Jesus was raised from the dead, and we too shall be raised, that we should continue steadfastly in the Lord's work. Yes? It's because everything that we do to bring people into the kingdom, to build them up for the kingdom, have eternal significance. And we live with Him forever. So what does Christ do? He gives us a resurrection perspective on our everyday lives in 2021. COVID, not COVID. Lockdown, not lockdown. Resurrection perspective. C.T. Studd. Put it beautifully, and I'm sure you know this quotation. Only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. He's talking about our earthly lives here. It's only what you do for Him for eternity that will last. Tell me, what's all your time soaked up by every day? What are all our resources soaked up by? Is it for eternity? Or just feathering my own nest for now? That's the reality of the resurrection. Fifthly, the resurrection motivates our hope for every day. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 to 19. You see, here Paul encourages us, when we think about the resurrection, to focus on our future heavenly reward and our goal. You see, we get so tied up with what's happening in front of us, we forget to look to the future. 
He sees the resurrection as a time when all the struggles of this life will be over and we will be repaid. What he's saying here is, he's saying if Christ had not been raised, if there is no resurrection, then your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Full stop. But the story doesn't end there. If for this life only we had hoped in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied. But the resurrection was pointing to the future. It was making the future a reality for us. And so it points to our future hope and reward. There is L-I-F-E, capital letters, after this L-I-F-E, small letters. Because of the resurrection. And lastly, the resurrection motivates our everyday holiness. Romans 6, 11 to 13 says this. When Paul, Paul says we are to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. By virtue of the resurrection of Christ. And His resurrection power within us, which we've already learned about. And he goes on immediately saying, in light of that, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. Do not yield your members to sin. There's the practical result of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's given me resurrection power to overcome daily sin. You see, the fact that we have this new resurrection power over the domination of sin, that doesn't mean you don't sin. It means, yes, you sin, but it doesn't dominate your life all the time. You ask for forgiveness for those daily sins. And there should be an upward trend in holiness. Less and less sin in your life if Christ is doing a work in your life. You see, there is no excuse under this truth. Rather, this truth should encourage us that a holy life is possible because it's Christ's power at work in me. How much power does Christ have? He is almighty God. How big are the things you're trying to overcome? Almighty? It's Christ's power at work in me. And therefore, when I minister to other people and I get tired, it's possible that I can carry on because Christ ministers to their needs through my tired body. He works in them. He has endless power. He just needs me as His handpiece. Those of you who sheared before, there's the handpiece without the power lead into it. It's a useless little thing. We are His handpieces. His power at work in and through us. So thank you. There is life here. And so what do we conclude from these six truths? Resurrection. In other words, what's the so what of my so what's? Are you with me? All right, here it is. There's reason for us to celebrate. When we sing our songs of worship to the Lord, when we sing these marvelous truths about His resurrection, there is a reason to worship Him. He arose to ensure our rebirth. If He hadn't res been resurrected, you would not be here as a believer. You'd be out playing golf and doing whatever people do. But He ensured our declaration of a right standing with God. He ensured our own resurrection one day. 
His resurrection gives us renewed perseverance in our everyday lives. It gives us an eternal perspective on life. He lifts our heads to an eternal hope. And He gives us His resurrection power, which helps us to live lives which please Him and speak of Him to others. Reality of the resurrection. Christ arose. He's our heavenly insurance. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Now, all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into His glorious presence without a single fault. And all glory to Him, who alone is God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are His before all time, now in the present, and beyond all time. Amen. Thank you, God, for your great gift to us. Now use us in this week for your kingdom and through your power, we pray. Amen.